Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Pincroft Pod, season one baseball movies. We're going to be talking about a league of their own today. My name is John and joining me is... Lauren! How are you, babe? I'm doing good. We just finished watching this movie. We did. It was it was a lot longer than I remember, but For that, sure. that that's not a uh, a dig at the movie. No, it moved. It did. Let's say what the podcast is about. This season is about us watching baseball movies that I have never seen. Yes, that is that is a key because I feel like I asked you if you had ever seen Major League. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time I asked you if you'd seen a baseball movie, and you said no, and Correct. I was very shocked. Still have not. And then I went down the list, and you hadn't seen any of them. It's crazy. I don't know how or why. It's very strange, because as a child, you did play in the Little League. I did. And I assume throughout your life, you have, sh- I mean, you've shown interest interest in the sport of baseball i have and even more interest in the field of filmmaking yeah so it's very strange that this is just a subgenre that i've completely s- dropped the ball on hey Pun. nice it was an error on your part because you dropped the ball there you go it. there you go yeah. i'm learning here We're that's there. what this is about so that is what this first series is about just baseball movies galore yeah we're probably gonna watch 12 Roughly 12. Or 11 more. Yeah, 11 more, for sure. Because we, as I said, a league of their own. That was, that, welcome to the first episode. Welcome to the a first episode. A league of their own. So before we get into the movie itself and our thoughts and feelings, many feelings will be spoken about. Oh, my God. Many tears were, were Oh, my were God, guys. League of Their Own came out in 1992. So we are going to go over the... Year in baseball, that was 1992. Step one, year in baseball. Step one. What are we looking at? Year in baseball. Okay, so the 1992 baseball season, Major League Baseball season, the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series. Oh, good for them. By defeating the Atlanta Braves. This made them the first team outside of the United States to win the championship. Sorry, Expos. Rough. Yeah. And that then I cool. actually think the Toronto Blue Jays, if I'm not mistaken, and I probably am, I think they won the year after that. Did they? Two years in a row? They might have. Let's check that fact. I'm, I'm going to check real that time. fact right now in real time. Toronto, beautiful city, very clean. Went there in December. Yes, they won back to back. Oh. And that's it. 92, 93. I wonder how often that happens. Back to back? Yeah. Probably not a lot. Not a lot. Mm. But. I know the Dodgers came close. Twice. Ooh, you're already making enemies, Burn. babe. Burn. Already make, That's right. Maybe That's three right. times. Really? Uh, already Who making knows? enemies. Who knows? Whatever. I'm a transplant. Look. Goodness. That's so, Rookie of the Year, Eric Caros, uh, who I believe does commentary for the show video game now that I play, and Pat Lestach. Oh, Eric Caros for the Dodgers, Pat Lestach for... The Milwaukee Brewers. Pat Lestach. What a name that L-I-S-T-A-C-H. is. L-I-S-T-A-C-H. I like that name. I'm sure Taylor from Podcastica is listening to this and fact-checking if I'm saying these names correctly. Shout out to Taylor. <laughs> he is my pronunciation buddy. Taylor, let us know. Yes. Cy Young Award winners, Greg Maddox for the Cubs, and Dennis Eckersley 
for the Oakland Athletics. What is the Cy Young Award? The Cy Young Award is for the best pitcher in oh. both leagues. Oh, okay. And Cy Young was a pitcher. So there are always two winners? There's one for the American and the National League, yes. Cool. Managers of the Year, Jim Leland for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Tony La Russa for the Oakland Athletics. MVPs, here we go. Barry Bonds for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Dennis Eckersley for the Oakland Athletics. Now, Eck is the third, was the third relief pitcher to win both the Cy Young and be the MVP. Mm. Raleigh Fingers in 1981. You, do you know Raleigh Fingers? Me- I don't mustache, think so. twirly mustache. I mean, I always recognize a twirly mustache, but <laughs> and Willie Hernandez in 1984. Now Raleigh Fingers went into the Hall of Fame in 1992, so that's very interesting. Oh. Same year that Eck did that. Bill McGowan, Hal Newhouser, and New York Met great Tom Seaver. Shout out to my mom. I believe he until recently went in unanimously there was somebody else that went in unanimously or had the highest percentage nice he was until recently also another fun note uh the mlb held an extension draft on november 17th 1992 to stock the roster of two new national league teams the colorado rockies and the florida marlins Mm. so they expanded that year by two teams and that is all the baseball facts i have awesome well now we'll switch to a few uh, movie facts yeah. for 1992. The Oscar winner for Best Picture was Dances with Wolves. I don't think I've ever seen that Me movie. Me either. Me either. Wow. Let's so, start another podcast. <laughs> Academy Award winning pictures we have not seen. That'll yes. be season, what, five? Oh my God. The, the list for this past year alone would be extensive for oh, me. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I've been so bad about seeing movies. The highest grossing film of 1992 was actually Batman Returns. Um, The biggest flop of that year was called Hero, and it was a film starring uh, Dustin Hoffman and, oddly enough, Gina Davis. Oh. Who is, everyone knows, uh, one of the stars of A League of Their Own. Yes. So uh, those are just some movie facts. Great. Yeah. I have some other, so the budget for, let's get into A League of Their Own, which was. Specifically, yeah. Yeah, 1992, written by Kim Wilson and Kelly Cannondelli. Sure. Let's go with that. Sorry, yeah. Kelly. It was directed by the, uh, yeah. Late, great so, Penny Marshall. So sad, Penny Marshall. Um, Penny Marshall, who also directed Big, also yes. starring Tom Hanks. Yes. Um, and The Preacher's Wife, among several other, several other film titles. Yeah. Ugh. She's great. great. Also, probably known best, I would say, not to diminutize her directing career, but uh, Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. Yes. And actually, when I was a kid, I used to write L's on post-it notes and put them on my shirt Mm -hmm. because my name was Lauren, and it still is. (laughs) My name was Lauren. It still is. (laughs) It still is. And uh, I would just walk around with a little L on my shirt because that's what Laverne did. Cute. Yeah. Very cute. So- Budget was forty million, made one hundred and thirty-two point four million. Hell yeah! It grossed thirteen point two million in the first weekend, just behind Batman. Well, not just behind Batman Returns. Uh, some other interesting facts about this: uh, before filming, all the actresses had to spend 
eight hours a day, six days a week, and for seven and a half months taking baseball training. Seven and a half months of training alone? Yes. Excuse me? I mean, everything everything you see in the movie is them. Right, which yeah. is awesome, but that is, that seems like a lot of training. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do that. <laughs> I know, I mean, I'm down, sign me up. That'd be but, so fun. Oh my God, that's uh, awesome. Apparently, Penny Marshall said she had originally wanted Demi Moore to play the part of Dottie Hinson. Oh. But she was pregnant when the time came around, so. Mm. Sorry, Gina Davis. No, Gina Davis is great. No, sorry, Demi Moore. Missing out on this. This is, and I vaguely remember this, and I don't know why. This movie spawned a television show. It did? The following year. What? Yeah. A television spinoff came out 1993. It aired on CBS. It lasted five episodes. Oh, that's not a lot. Six were produced, but only five aired. Penny Marshall directed the pilot, and Tom Hanks directed the third episode. Ooh. And, uh, you know, it only lasted five episodes. Sure, sure. Uh, Megan Kavan and Tracy Reiner reprised their roles from the movie. You know, I was actually watching the movie, and I was like, I'm surprised there isn't a sequel. But I'm not surprised to hear there was a very short-lived TV series. I just think it's crazy that the TV series came out the following year. Mm. That's nuts to me. Well, I mean, if the success was pretty apparent right away, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they kind of pounced on it. Yeah, but I mean, have you ever heard of a movie coming out one year and then the following year like a television show came out? Well, no, and that's only because now you get a million movies. (laughs) The only thing that I can remember that sounds familiar to where there was a movie and then there was randomly a TV show afterwards. Do you remember Are We There Yet? It was a movie, I believe it was starring Ice Cube. Oh. Are We There Yet? Yeah. And there, there's a television show. So there, there's the mo- Ice Cube. Yes, Ice Cube was in it. And then there was a television show. I'm trying to find it, and I feel like Terry Crews was in it. Mm. There was a sequel called Are We Done Yet? And then a television series called Are We There Yet? I had no idea. It's still a show. Still? Did they forget to cancel it? Oh, I hate when when Wikipedia does this. It should say was a show, but it, Mm. it lasted for three years. All right. How crazy is that? That is pretty crazy. Yeah, Terry Crews was in it. And Lil Bow Wow. All right. Just Bow Wow now. <laughs> nice. So there you go. That's all the uh, all of the fun facts about A League of Their Own. But we actually do have one more thing to talk about before we get to the actual movie. What did you, Lauren, know about this movie before you saw it? Uh, very limited things. Um, I knew that there's no crying in baseball. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I knew that Madonna was in it. Mm-hmm. I know that Gina Davis was in it. And I knew that Tom Hanks was in it as their coach. That is literally all I knew. And I knew that it was crazy that I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got the kind of the gist of it. What do you know now? Now that you've seen the movie. Uh, now I know that it's a shame that I've gone 30 <laughs> years without seeing this wonderful film filled with very funny women, uh, written by and directed by and starring 
wonderful women. Yes. Uh, it's crazy. Like, as a producer and a filmmaker and a writer myself, it's like, how have I not... Uh, I just feel like I'm just playing catch up with all the great movies, let alone baseball movies and from I, women. I did make it a, I made sure that I pressed play on the movie and paused it so you didn't see all of, and I, I said, who do you know that's in it? And you listed like four or five names. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, great. Uh, I'm going to hit play so you don't see anybody's name. And I mean, Rosie O'Donnell's in this. Yes. Which I believe you didn't know. I didn't. What a delight. Uh, her and Madonna Ugh. basically- and I'm. I assume this is where the friendship started between the two of them. Rosie O'Donnell, amazing in this movie, steals Very, the show. I, honestly, every I, scene. I almost wonder how many of her lines were improv. Probably, Probably most of, all them. of them. Yeah, at least most of them. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, also, kind of a brief appearance from John Lovitz as the scout in the first 10 minutes yeah many scenes in and the then first he's 10 minutes he's just gone i absolutely love john lovitz mm. i think he was what did you think of him in this movie i mean i think he was a very john lovitz character yes uh, great questionable mustache on him <laughs> as um, always yes uh, several inappropriate jokes mm-hmm. and got the job done he got them to to get to the stadium for the tryouts and that was as he made clear, as far as his job entailed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they always get attached to me and he walks away. <laughs> Love it. And I mean, the tryouts are on Wrigley Field, which I, they had it named something else. I'm not sure if that was a name change that I didn't know about, but. They, uh, where is Wrigley? In Chicago? Yes, in nice. Chicago. Nice. Love that field. Mm. Great baseball field. Yeah. When I think of the Wrigley's, I think of Catalina Island. Yes. A lot of people do because that's where the Cubs used to have spring training. Mm -hmm. And I took a Jeep tour and I saw some bison on Mm. Catalina. Nice. And they talked about the Wrigley's a ton. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Because they technically ran that island for For a very long time. True. What did you think of Tom Hanks in this movie? Oh, I mean, he was great. He He was great. I mean... Like, there's something about the caricature of um, a broken, damaged guy who kind of... was great and has fallen from grace. exactly. Fallen from grace, and that is kind of healed by the love of the game. The love of the game. Love of the freaking game. Yeah. And then by these women who hold him accountable, and then he kind of steps up, and then he starts to see them as people and not as just chicks. And then he really grows to have an affection for them. There's something yeah. about that formula that I think will always speak to me. Mm-hmm. But as far as his specific character, I think it's great. It, I was, think it was really it was good. Pretty great. It was. I do love, and I don't. I try to watch for little little things, and I wonder if Gina Davis's character was purposely trying to have the best player bunt so it would break him out of whatever was going on with him. Because she, I mean, basically, he shows up. And he's told, like, oh, you're just a name. Smile and wave. You're lucky to have this job. So he kind of, I think, pedaled to the metals that, where he's mm. like, forget it. I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to be drunk the entire time. And then Gina Davis basically is coaching for half the season, I feel. Mm-hmm. And then she, I feel like she goes, I'm just going to do some ridiculous nonsense with these signs, which is one of my favorite scenes when they're doing huh. the signs. I mean, that's a phenomenal scene, but I would disagree with you, actually. I think that she was just doing her best. Oh. And it was... His expertise as being a former, you know, baseball player. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, "What are you doing?" Like, no, you can't do that. I don't think it was a strategic thing from uh, Dottie's point of view. Right. 
I feel like it was, you know, he just happened to look up and just happened to disagree with what she was doing. Um, hmm. So I don't think that it was like a Gina Davis trying to be like, how do I get this guy to pay attention? Yeah, because I mean. I'm certain none of them were like putting a lot of stock in this guy who's been drunk in the dugout for games. Yeah, and I mean, she seemed to be doing a pretty good yeah. job on her own. Yeah, she was making good choices. I mean, it felt like they were winning a lot. Mm-hmm. So, A League of Their Own, if you don't know, is about two sisters. They join the first female professional baseball league, and they are trying to help it succeed while having their own growing rivalry. Lauren, having two sisters yourself, how did uh, this, this sisterly rivalry and triumph and all the every how did it go how did you like it let me tell you this movie covered so many different issues that women face and also not just women but women of the time because this was a period piece and let me tell you that was one of the things that i did not know i thought oh i had no idea that this was set it during world war ii you said Oh, so this isn't set in 1992. I knew it came out in 92. I did not know. Exactly. Yeah, I had no idea that it was also a period piece, which was great. I mean, as a a casual cosplayer, I love period pieces because there are the the costume elements, there's set design, there's you're thrown back into into a different world. But yeah, yeah, this movie covers a lot of really, really cool elements of being a woman. And Mm -hmm. one of them is that complex sisterly relationship. I have two sisters. I am not as close with either of them as I think I would like. But there's that is a very complicated relationship. And I think this movie really explores the competitiveness. Oh, yeah. For um, sure. Of siblings and of female siblings. Yeah. And ultimately that they overcome that and that they can still have a relationship and still have, but also still have their own separate lives. Yes. You know, it's like uh, Kit, the younger sibling, often blamed Dottie, the older sibling, Gina Davis, often blamed her for overshadowing her. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's not exactly the way it was, or maybe it was, but they outgrew it. So it was. It's a really yeah. complex relationship, but they. I mean, this movie in general, it deals with illiteracy. Yes. It deals with you know female financial independence with Madonna's character being like, I'm not going back to stripping. Yeah. Like straight up, she says, "You can't cancel this league because I have nothing else." Yeah. And that was so true of I'm sure of so many women. Where it's like you live with your parents and then you marry someone so that you can be taken care of. And then you're just stuck in that relationship, in that situation. So uh, so financial independence for women, um, expectations on femininity, which is frankly exhausting. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, these, these poor women who are maybe slightly more masculine than society says that they should be. Mm-hmm. But they also have to, as part of being in this league, have to take, you know, uh, like prep classes and like how to be proper uh, women in just... society, how to walk with grace. Like it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> but can I swear on this podcast? We're doing it, yeah. Okay, I didn't ask, but I know it's ours. It's so. ours. So anyway. we can do whatever we want. Anyway, so there are a lot of different topics yeah. covered in this movie that were true then in the 40s, mm-hmm. were true in the 90s, 
and are true now. Yeah. So there are a lot of topics covered uh, like across the board in this. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another, we were talking about them having to go to class and do all that ridiculous nonsense to play, mm-hmm. you know, a game where you slide around and get dirt. Yeah. The they, other want thing, them, they want them to be pretty and they want right. them to be someone that people would pay money to go see. And in their heads, in the people who have the money's heads, mm-hmm. it's the old white men. Yes. Exactly. Who's going to go see these women if they're not pretty, if they're not delicate, if they're not yeah. gentle? Mm-hmm. It's, which is crazy. It's, so why do you need to be dainty when you're a ball player? It's know. crazy. It is crazy. Ugh. The other thing that was crazy and kind of they call back to it is the the uniform they wear, Ugh. which has a skirt. <laughs> the dress. It's a, Yeah, it's like a dress, basically. <laughs> And I love that the first thing everyone says is, how are we going to slide in that? Yeah, can't play in that. Can't play in that. And I did love the callback, as painful as it looked, when one of them, I think it's during like a a montage kind of scene, where one of them slides into third. And it's like the- And then it cuts to her in the dugout with, I think Tom Hanks has a camera and someone has like an ice pack on it and they pull it off and it's just already like- beyond it's a whole thigh a whole thigh that's just one giant scab and i mean that's that's an interesting thing to bring up because yes this was a a real league and i'm sure that happened every other inning yeah because they want to win and Mm -hmm. sometimes when you got to slide and man that's i like even i'm thinking about it's like oh i would never do that yeah but they want, yeah. But, but they want to win. They know what's on they the line. They want to win, and they want to be in the league. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is most important. And I mean, the guy who says, "Well, everyone's going to wear it. If you don't want to wear it, we've got yeah thirty girls that I just told weren't on teams that'll come right back and wear this for sure. Exactly. And I believe that was Ira Lowenstein, mm-hmm. uh, played by David Drattharn. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. what? What is he in? You said he was in uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Yes. He was also in the Blacklist to show that we begrudgingly watch still watch somehow still watch yep still up on it and he kind of at first it feels like he's just running this league because he has to yeah and and slowly but surely he he turns around and he's and there's that scene where he he gets into the the fight with the the one of the owners yeah slowly but surely he sees them as humans oh right I mean, true. You know, at first he says, you're going to wear what I tell you to wear. Yes. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, these are real people. And he, I mean, towards like the end, it's just him. I don't even think he's dressed in a suit anymore. He's Not more casual. Full, he's more casual. Yeah, he's wearing sure. a baseball cap and he's just having the time of his life. And he tells the one of the owners... Because the owner's like, well, I mean, the war's almost over and regular baseball's going to come back and I I don't need... He's like, they're great, but I don't need them. Which is just like such a weird dismissive. This is great, but I'm not going to need them anymore. Okay, bye. Right. Yeah, they, they made me money right now, but right. I'm going to make more money in a year from now. And he goes after him in a, in a pretty, like, a couple of times. He keeps walking away, keeps going, and mm-hmm. he's like, I'll prove to you that this is worth it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's like, okay, we'll continue to do the league. Right. 11 years later. 
we find out towards yeah. the, end of the movie that it ran for 11 years, which is great. It's very great. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, everybody did their own, ba- I, I guess, baseball stunts. I don't really know if I want to call them that. Call them so stunts, you, yeah. So you have Rosie O'Donnell throwing the two balls at once, which yeah. she really did. Yeah. Gina Davis, the behind-the-back catch. Yeah. That was like a legit pop-up. Oh, nice. And yeah, everything you see in the field is is all them. I mean, clearly, you know, the camera's on them, but yeah. I don't, it seemed all practical. It looked great. It looked great. It looked great. It was so fun. It looked great, ladies. They were, I mean, I wish I could hit line drives like that. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, I think overall the movie was incredibly moving. Oh, yeah. I cried so much. I mean, you did. I I did. did. I Um, did. But it was, I mean, I think it's great. I think as someone who has sisters, as a woman who's been in male-dominated industries slash pursuits for most of my life, Mm -hmm. as a woman who's played baseball, I'll say it. (laughs) I'll say it. I did for six years. It was just, it was a great film, well-directed. The composition, I need to look up who the composer was because the score, like, really, like, twisted a knife. So good. Wish I had their name in front of me. I'm trying to look it up right now. Thank you. It was great. It was, you know, the runtime was about two hours and ten minutes, I think, and it did not feel like that. No, it, it the pacing was very good. It was so good. So good. It really felt like a full story was being told. The part where Bill Pullman, who was in... I feel, he wasn't in a lot I of I felt like two scenes yeah. in his picture. And he came in, and I think he did a good job being a being a husband who was away at war. I mean... Yeah. But like he came back, and then Gina Davis was like, okay, cool, so I'm out. Just leaves. Right, just like up and goes. But that's, you know, messed up. Yeah. Um, she had a commitment to the team. She abandons the team for but, the entire World Series. But she was also lying to herself about how much she wanted it in the first place. Exactly. You I know? also love, and I, apparently somewhere, there's a four-hour cut of this movie. What? Yeah, there was Why originally. Why did we watch f- that? One? I don't. I don't know if it actually like really exists, but there is a. F- I. I mean, I'm sorry, it exists. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it exists for us to watch. Got it. Uh, the. I'm sorry. The composer was Alex Werman. Oh my God, Alex, Alex. I hope you're alive. You're great. I didn't check to see if he was. Doesn't alive. matter. I think an interesting little fact: when John Lovitz goes to the dairy farm to recruit them. The sisters, mm-hmm. he says, they'll pay you $75 a week. Yes. And at first you're like, okay, who cares? Yeah. But I, I did the math. Oh, you did the math. I did. Great. And it's about $1,400 a week. Oh, wow. Which is nothing to balk at. No. Hey, That's... there you go. There's some more baseball terminology. Nothing to balk at. Yes. Yeah. We did it. Nailing it. So that's like an interesting little. Yeah. Like if, if. $75 a week is that much? Like, they were making $30 a week on the dairy farm. Like, that's, yeah, you know. So that is more than twice what they were making previously. So so I th- we were talking a bit about things that made you, like, emotional. Oh, God, uh, that not- was so much. So we talk about uh, John Lovett's recruit- recruiting the sisters. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, ah, we got to go to uh, somewhere else and re- recruit this other girl. And we get this great scene of Marla Marla Hooch 
just smacking baseballs. Oh my god, and then so good! Switch hitting, yeah, just an amazing hitter. And Lovett sees what she looks like and goes, "Ugh," as only he can do. <laughs> and they try to leave, and the girls are like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> and they put down their suitcases, and then you know the dad, he's just like Mister. I'm doing the best I can. Please mm. have my daughter play baseball. Yeah. And I think there was, there's a part where she's sitting there with the dad and she's like, I don't want to leave. I can't leave you. And who's going to take care of who's you? Who's going to take care of you? And he's like, you get to play baseball. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that was well, a cute scene. Well, I mean, you get to play baseball, but also there's nothing for you here. Yes, yeah. Your your life won't get any bigger. And it's like a very classic story of, you know, a parent wanting better for their child mm-hmm. than they had. Yeah. Also, you know, her mother had passed away, so yeah. he was raising her. And also, like, how heartbreaking that he took on the the guilt, in a way, of her being oh, a tomboy. Yeah. Her not being as feminine yeah. as John Lovett's baseball recruiting guy would want her to be. And that's so sad. Like that kind of like internalizing and blaming himself is terrible. Oh yeah. And also like she met a husband. Yeah. Like you said, she had nothing was there for her in the town. Yeah. And her life got a lot bigger. It did. Very quickly. She met a guy and they got married and like flash forward to 92 and they got a bunch of kids. They were st- well. They were still together. Still together. They had a kid who was running their business, whatever that may be. Whatever think, that means. I don't think they told us that. Regardless, they procreated. Good for them. Yes, good for them. Anyway, it was. It's a very touching. It's a very touching scene of a father and a daughter. And if I don't know if this will be a theme in baseball movies, but I am a sucker for that exact formula: father, daughter. Somehow protective. That's why we watched The Blacklist. We've already mentioned it multiple times. Okay. Look, we're seven seasons in. We should have given up years ago. No, not years. Two years. Two. That's multiple years, though. Oh, yeah. Math. Made it sound like more. I know. But at least two years ago, we should have given up. All right. Anyway, James Bader, I love you, but what are you doing? I'm still waiting in that show for the the red, long, drawn-out story about how he hung out with a baseball player and played baseball with them. It's it hasn't coming, happened. Where is but it? But it's coming because he talks about everything. I know, and, and I'm like, that's part of what I love about the show. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Man, NBC, call me. I have notes. So, obviously, there's a very iconic scene in this movie, and I am talking about the there's no crying in baseball. And is this the first time you've actually seen the scene? Correct. Okay. Yes. I need your thoughts on the entire scene. Um, I think that it is exactly what I thought it was going to be, where a dude who is used to much harsher, gruffer attitudes and verbal assaults talks to one of his female players, and she can't handle it because... He is just laying into her. He really is. But it's the kind of thing where I think societally women are allowed to have emotions. So when he was told that he was like, what, a piece of shit on fire or whatever he said that. Yeah, his manager. Yeah. yeah. So like his manager said this terrible thing to him and he wasn't allowed to cry. 
he wasn't able to react maybe the way he wanted to because society said that he couldn't. But here is this woman who is allowed to cry and he lays the fuck into her. Yeah. And she cries and he's not prepared for that. So here's this woman who is societally speaking allowed to cry and allowed to show emotion getting laid into by her manager and she just breaks down. So I think it's a very iconic scene that played out honestly exactly how I thought it would. And I love that he takes to insulting the umpire. So he gets thrown out and all of the players are, all the female players are like, yep, okay, all right, thank you. (laughs) I absolutely love that scene. It's just, it's so great. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying. Yeah. Uh, and it also, I'm read. I'm reading some other facts here. Uh, apparently, all of the injuries in the film were real. So that what? means when I was talking about the sliding earlier, that was a real injury. Oh my god! That apparently lasted for well over a year. Oh, which is crazy. Do you think she did it on her own, or do you think she was I asked? I do not know. That I do not know. That I'm not sure. But in that four-hour cut that I was mention- mentioning a little earlier, apparently- that I will seek out. Apparently in it, there was a Jimmy and Dottie romantic subplot. I mean, of course there was. Yeah. I was very upset when at the end they cut to him having died. Apparently, what I'm reading here, the conversation that they had in the book, bus was left in the final cut that kind of leads to the hints at romantic tension i ship it but apparently in the there is a deleted scene where the pair share a passionate kiss late one night on the field in which uh and that was what originally led to Dottie telling lowenstein she was going home okay well i don't dig that yeah but i would have really dug her husband dies of natural causes. Jeez. And then guess what? They get together. Yeah. So let's get some final thoughts. We're, we've gotten the go-ahead sign where it's a three-in-one count, so it's a hitter's count. So let's get some final thoughts here. What did you think of, of this movie? I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was really emotional in a really good way. I, Like I said, love period pieces. It made me feel a lot of things, and I really related to it. Yeah. As a woman who, unfortunately, unfortunately, I related to it as as a woman who still goes through a lot of these experiences, who still touches on a lot of these issues. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice to see it in a movie that was almost 30 years old. Oh, wow. Almost. Ugh. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 89. I'm almost 31. This is almost a 30 year old movie. Yeah. Wow. And there are still topics that are touched on in a movie that was set in the 40s. Yeah, which is which is crazy that that's, you know, still still going on. It really is. Ugh. But it's something that we're going to eventually overcome. Yes. Anyway, from one budding female director to another recently passed. Thank you, Penny Marshall. I know. Such a bummer. I know. So, I mean, I love this movie. I love every aspect of this movie. Tom Hanks is one of my favorites. I mean, a delight. This is such a great role. Yeah, an American treasure. I love Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. This movie honestly has me thinking about what other movies has Madonna acted in? Because she was so natural in this role of being like, you know, outspoken, 
owning her sexuality, like really great character. I mean, I also think she had a great person to play off of in Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, for sure. I love that they were like best buds from Staten Island. I mean, I don't, I mean, she was in, around this time, she was in Dick Tracy. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen Dick Tracy? No. We should randomly, I haven't seen it in a very long time. And what else? Body of Evidence. And I don't see what a Shadows and Fog. I don't know what that is. I will look it up. I'll look into it. Another movie. There you go. Those are the movies she was in around it. But yeah, I mean, I just love it. I love a good baseball movie, and this is one of the best. Yeah. Which I guess brings us to our rating system, which we didn't even really talk about. Grand Slam. So we were going to go single, double, triple, home run, Grand Slam. That's our... Yep. And you're giving it a Grand Slam? I sure am. It was... So great. I feel I feel very good about bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, Grand Slam to win the game here. Mm-hmm. I feel good about that rating. Grand Slam, first Grand, movie out the gate. Grand Slam. So Good job, us. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad we're doing this. Mm-hmm. So next week, yep. we are going to be watching Moneyball. Correct. Which I am very excited about. Um, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Chris Pratt. Great. Chris Pratt. Yeah. I didn't even know that. There are so many people in this movie that I can't even remember them all. It's about math. That's all I know. That's what I know. That's what you know. It's about math. Those people and math. Goodness. All right. That is... (laughs) It's about math. I mean, you're not wrong. Great. But also... I like not being wrong. It's fine. Okay. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. This was this was so fun. We're excited to to bring you the rest of season one baseball movies. Mm-hmm. Lauren, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bancroft, B-A-N-C-R-O-F-F-E-D, or www.laurenbancroft.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JP Thrice. You can find this podcast and all of the other Night of the Living Geek productions over at notlg.com this podcast will be available on itunes stitcher soundcloud spotify very soon but just be on the lookout but notlg.com is where you should go to find it for the time being until we let you know otherwise so oh no we don't have a clever sign off it's okay we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but until next time thanks bye this has been a night of the living geeks production for more information and content visit notlg.com.